Welcome everybody to another episode of Amplify Your Business. Today we're going to be talking about the hemp industry and with me is Derek Spruill. He is the director of sales over there as well as director of research and development, a co-founder and I mean you're wearing lots of different hats it sounds like. Welcome to the show Derek. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, so like every entrepreneur out there, uh, you get to do a lot of different <laughs> things when your business is starting and growing. And uh, so we're going to get into that backstory as well as what Cherry Blossom Hemp is all about. But uh, first, I wanted to ask you, what are three things that you think every entrepreneur needs to know? Oh, what every entrepreneur needs to know. What, what drives you personally? Uh, I think a lot of times people get into stuff on a feeling and not really taking the time to look at themselves and be like, what, where, where is my, my passion? Where is my drive? Where is my interest? Where is my aptitude? Aptitude may be more important than all of those things, honestly, Uh, but not necessarily getting too flighty about the business, but really have an understanding of who you are and what you can accomplish, what you can endure, what you can deal with, you know, uh, the nuances of your own personality. I think uh, a full understanding of whatever industry that you are participating in. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking from my own experience, uh, kind of falling back on both of those answers. It's like when we jumped into this, it was kind of like, oh, like this, this, this hemp thing, the CBD thing is new. And I've always kind of liked cannabis, you know, it's always worked for me. And I think, you know, this would be a great opportunity for us to help people and all this other stuff. But I don't know if we knew enough about the industry as a whole, which came kind of evident about a year later, you know, when COVID was in full swing. I think had we been on with a little more information and knowledge about our industry, we would have had a better start, I think, than we did. Uh, third, it doesn't matter what you're doing. Know your numbers. Mm. Know your numbers. And I know that's that's boring. That's like sounds tedious. A lot of people hate math. I'm not the I'm more of an English and, and, and social studies guy than math and science, if you will. And I love science, but I can't say I'm great at it. Math is probably my weakest subject. Unfortunately. Everything depends on math. And yeah. if you don't know your numbers, a lot of times you're just backed into that that going on a feeling, you know, yeah. and going on a feeling is not necessarily running a business. Yeah, that's definitely true. And that's something that a lot of entrepreneurs echo when I ask them the same question is uh, know your numbers, get the books right. You know, the financing part of it's really, really important uh, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. And it is remarkable how many of us actually really struggle in that area because we all know how important it, it is, right? And yeah. so I myself at various times in my uh, you know, journey, I've definitely ignored those numbers at times. And boy, COVID really brought an extra focus on it. Well, you know, when it came to cash flow analysis, because everybody was in the same situation where those first mm-hmm. couple of months, like there was just no money circulating in the economy. It's, it felt like anyway, for a lot of businesses. And so cash flow became such a critical thing. Um, and I, I, I jotted down here, uh, uh, one comment that you made there in one of your, as you were mentioning the three, and that was uh, know what you can endure. <laughs> that was, yes. yeah, that's yes. a really, really interesting statement. And that's not one that I've actually heard somebody articulate quite as concisely as what you did, but that is so true, isn't it? Very true. So uh, now you guys started Cherry Blossom Hemp back uh, in 2018, I think is what yeah. you mentioned. And so tell me a little bit about the business. What is it that you guys do there? Um, well, we started off as Cherry Blossom Hemp, 
And honestly, like Cherry Blossom Hemp started off as a concept, as Cherry Blossom Confections, you know? And okay. Cherry Blossom Confections, we were uh, messing around in DC in the, kind of the gray market and kind of dealing with some of those guys. And like, hey, I think this candy thing we're doing is pretty good. And then it became Cherry Blossom Hemp. And because um, we were just doing like trading stuff, you know what I mean? It was really more personal than anything, you know? So, but then we kind of, that's so we found the CBD company that or a CBD manufacturer went out to Oakland. We met with them, met with some of their their money people, and they're like, "Yeah, we think we guys would do great on the East Coast." And that was probably at the end of 2018. Uh, and then we spent most of 2019 just kind of like shopping, ordering, preparing, you know, uh, getting marketing material together. And I officially launched in 20 in August of 2019. And then six months later, we're in COVID. So. We start yeah. off with like every other CBD company because we were under the understanding of our industry totally is that um, every you had to have certain products to compete in this industry. So you had to have a tincture or two. You had to have some capsules. You had to have some vapes. You had to have some pet stock. You know, well, no one's going to talk to you if you have all if you don't have all these things. And as it turns out, I am not really that suited to sell pet stuff. You know, yeah. it's I, there's a certain culture in the pet community that you know i've had pets but i can't say that i'm a pet you know i don't i don't live and die by my animals you know what i mean yeah. and sometimes yeah. you know i see people as more important call me crazy you know i'd rather <laughs> <laughs> and i just don't get it i don't get it like i get it but i don't get it to that extent yeah. And I was like, okay, this isn't for me. I'm not communicating with them. They're not really receiving, you know, what I'm saying. Uh, so then <clears throat> we sort to stop focusing on that. Long story short, we realized that vapable extracts and vapable full spectrum extracts, it was like sort of like the future, I think, of cannabis. As people move forward and into more non-smoking spaces, uh, vapes are still kind of looked at as okay. Um, younger generation doesn't really generations don't really care to combust. That seems like that's something that's my parents and grandparents did. So, yeah. and saw how the cartridges and everything were sort of taken off. So, uh, in, in, in 2021, last year, like we had spent most of that year, like designing this plan to become uh, a, a manufacturer, producer, an extractor, if you will, in North Carolina. We bought a property. We were doing all this stuff. And then extract prices just bottomed out. This is, again, this is not knowing your industry, not knowing where things are going. Looking at Delta 8 and ignoring it. Like, no, like we don't. Mm -hmm. No, that's not who we are, even though there was plenty of opportunity there. So uh, we decided that, you know, we're going to focus on live resin hemp. I think one of us, like, we tried it as like a dab and then and gave it to the other one. And it was like, whoa, like all these things that, I've been using cannabis for or here and I, I can keep my head. I could be clear throughout the day. It's like, yeah. I can't be the only one that this benefits. Like this is, you know, how come no one else is talking about this? Well, a few people are, but not as many people are, especially on the East coast. So that's the way we went. Now we sell vapable and dabable live resin hemp extracts, which uh, it, 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 to clarify that most uh, cannabis flowers of any kind, CBD or THC are dried and cured for the purpose of smoking even the ones that are extracted, most times they're extracted from dried and cured product. But right. a live product, uh, especially a live resin or rosin, those flowers are taken right off the plant, flash frozen within an hour of harvest. That way there's no plant deterioration. You think of like what happens to your peas when they're frozen and they taste yeah. like peas, you know? So 
uh, all the benefits are concentrated. But, you know, once you remove the plant matter, it also makes it vapable. And so you have this concentrated, full, uh, loaded with cannabinoids, terpene-rich extract that's tasty, that's healthier, healthier than smoking, of course, you know, um, and, and loaded with, with medicinal benefits that you can get in five minutes and without having to worry about the weight or the distraction of THC. Yeah. understand that like THC and marijuana got us here. Like no one was started smoking hemp when we were younger, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it all became from there. And then we discovered this, uh, there was really only one place to get cannabinoids. If we understood cannabinoids were medicine and, and we believe that there was only one other place to get them. And that was in marijuana. But now that we have this thing and this hemp, and it's not like we all thought hip was just for like bags and t-shirts and stuff like growing yeah. up, you know, there's like this novelty thing that, you know, no one can really, you know, manufacture or produce on a large scale, but somehow like these shirts and stuff, but come to find out it's marijuana's biological cousin. Everything is there. It's in marijuana. Except that the hemp is high in CBD, low in THC. Marijuana is just the opposite. So I don't think everyone wants to be high all the time. I don't think everyone wants I think most people who, who even use THC, I think we're all probably treating something, you know, it's like, yeah, I think I read it means like a therapist and, and a, and a, <clears throat> and a massage and all these things sort of wrapped in one, you know, so that appeals to a lot of people. I think that people would feel, I, I think I say it a different way. People have been looking to marijuana or THC as that's where all the benefits are. Everything that I'm getting is coming from that source, but come to find out most of the things are just coming from like, non-intoxicating plant compounds you know yeah, yeah. That, that's really giving you most of the things that you feel like in your head your face your arms your, you know your, your, your torso it's not necessarily the thc but those are the benefits that are hitting you the things that get you calm the things that that kind of stroke you when you're in when you're in traffic or, or you're in a stressful situation but now you can enjoy those things let's say you got to give a presentation you can go out and, and hit this live resin hemp vape and come back and your anxiety's down, you're more focused, you're calm, and you're not high and distracted. And more so, you have not lost the credibility of. Yes. So when it comes to, you know, like the legalization of cannabis across, uh, you know, the US as well as in Canada, um, I, and I know it's it's spotty in the US still, but uh, mm -hmm. it's still that movement is afoot um, in more and more states all the time. Has that field then a lot better understanding of CBD or is it something that is distracting, I guess, away from CBD? So uh, how do you perceive that? I feel as as more more states and jurisdictions open up, you know, their laws to like you know, whether it's medicinal or, or recreational, it opens a conversation up for this. Yeah, because these two plants have been tied together in the minds of most people and the minds of like law enforcement for about almost a hundred years, like hemp and, and, and marijuana are not just botanical cousins, but like in, in our minds, they're, they're totally connected. Yeah. What we see a lot is there, it depends on age. Like people think that, well, oh, this is going to get me high. It's going to get me high, you know? And there's still that belief system because of that connection. Uh, come to find out this lady told me this a couple weeks ago, she was a boomer and she says, you know, she was really fascinated by the fact that that hemp wasn't getting her high. And she's like, this year, like, I really learned something today. And I says, really? And she's like, yeah. So you have to understand, like when I was younger, like we would say we were going to get a bag, like one of the terms that we would use, one of the slang terms, we're going to get some hemp. 
So a lot of people still think, especially from like, you know, the Nancy Reagan days that hemp really does get people. So, yeah. 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 So, so more conversation is good. Good for business, right? Because people start to understand the nuances then between the two and, and start to pick out the, the, the one that they want. Yes. And I think, you know, both of these things can exist together just because use marijuana doesn't mean that hemp can't be beneficial to you at certain times of day. You know, like, you, you, you some people have alcohol and cannabis, but you don't necessarily use them at the same time or nor like at the same times of day, you know? Yep. So um, you can get benefit just in the same way. I, I think that, I, I don't think it's a one or the other thing. Yeah. with people. I think there's space for both of these plants in people's lives. If, if you believe in this, in cannabis. Yeah. You can so, so you saw an opportunity then as you were discovering the benefits of CBD and that's what really stimulated then the, the growth of the business. Um, what have been some of the challenges, I guess, that you had to overcome? Um, because you did mention, you know, I wish that I maybe would have known a little bit more about the industry uh, going into it. So what were some of those things that you discovered where it's like, oh, man, <laughs> this would have been a good thing to know earlier on? So first, um, where the extract prices were going when we got started, it, it seems okay. like things had peaked in the late. We talk about just CBD, things had peaked around the time we got started. And then the, the big disruptor was coming in, which was Delta 8. I wish we had done some more homework and learned about all of these things and made like a more educated decision about where to go from the beginning. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I I can't say COVID enough, but like no one saw COVID coming. So like there's nothing that we could have done about it. Um, I, it, it's funny because the lessons are still coming in in some ways, you know, uh, I figured that, you know, we were mostly online and, the world was going online. So why is everybody ordering my product? You're like, I don't have a store, you know, but in this space, people want to touch, see, feel, I think because of some of the unknown, they want to go in they want to talk to someone. They want to get some sort of guidance if you don't know, but also if you do know, you want to kind of trust your own judgment before you purchase. Um, We didn't totally get that. You know, so, just, so do you have a physical location now then where you're selling? We are working on We just kind of go around and, you know, get accepted where we are. And that, that was done on purpose before we could figure out like where, 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 where in this area, in this, in, in this geographic area, in, in the, the DC metropolitan area, we appreciated the most. And sometimes there were places we thought we'd be appreciated where we weren't. And then, you know, the exact opposite where we didn't think we were. So like all this has been good for us. It's just time for us to settle in and have a home. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So now at the stage in which you're at now, so you're, you know, four years ish into, into the business. um, What is the things I guess that are easier now for you than what it was in those early days? Dealing with disappointment for sure. Um, (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Um, That's just being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yes. It, like you start, you learn to take punches, you know, you know how to expect punches. Really. Yeah. And, you know, so Pollyannish about, I had this idea and it's just going to work. And then one day money's going to start raining down on me, you know, um, that doesn't generally happen to, you know, n- not immediately anyway, you know, no. that generally some time. So I, I think that's a lot of it. I, I learned a lot about 
themselves, like, you know, it's only me and Larry. So what you're better, you know, prepared to do, what, what, what your aptitude says you should be doing and what my aptitude says I should be doing. Uh, I wasn't a big believer in social media when this whole thing started. And COVID really, like, it, it, it forced me to change my outlook on it. Yeah. I yeah. thought I had to be on, be, to be a buffoon, to be liked and appreciated on social media. Like, that's what works, you know? Like, the algorithm, no matter how often it changes, it only likes about six things, you know? It's like pets, food, buffoonery, you know? <laughs> White girls dancing, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, like, <laughs> what else? You know, it doesn't matter how many times you change the algorithm, it always likes those things, you know? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, like, you know, so, you know, people falling and doing, you know, drug stuff, they love this stuff. So, I just, I don't know trying to figure all that out and just kind of stepping back from my, my, my preconceived whatever's about social media and trying to see it for something different, yeah. you know, not yeah. just a playground, but if you really focus in on it and, and, and focus yourself and focus on your message and be a real, like it, it really can be a good tool. And I think we're just starting to kind of see some of the fruit of that effort. Yeah. Yeah. As long as you're being strategic about it. Right. And that's one of the challenges that a lot of businesses have is that they, they don't approach it strategically. They just think that this is a platform for them to push messaging out onto um, like a billboard. Right. And you have to have that two-way communication. You have to be building that community uh, because that's really what is the power of social media and what the the interest or desire is amongst the people who are in it. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's really important to, to understand how to how to leverage it uh, as an actual tool, um, what do you think at at this stage, like today? What is it that you're you're doing right that you're killing? Um, you know that uh, yeah. that's really Ooh. you know helping you find that success. I'm pretty critical on on all this whole thing. Like I, if there's a critic, yeah. I, I, there, the Pollyannish doesn't really live in me as much. Like I will see there's something wrong. And I, and that's a lot of like, this is not, it's not a lot of this. It's a lot of this. It's like, it's something wrong. Yeah. Y'all calling me the leader. Then there's something wrong here. You know? Yeah. So I'm sorry. Well, say that question one more but time. Just what, what is it that you're killing right now? Um, you know, at this stage oh, in okay. business. Yeah. Our, our, our message is being refined. Yeah. The, this practice of going around and setting up tables and not knowing who's going to show up. And learning like different objections, you know, at the drop of a, de- of a hat, you know, seeing how these products work for other people, in, even in the immediate, um, it, it all this, it's it's really been just such a, you know, yeah, I, it's helped us. It's helped us craft that message. Like, I think we're so much better now than we were even six months ago and communicating yeah. what we do. And why we think that you on the other side of this table should be using these products. Yeah. So critical, isn't it? To really understand how to frame things so that the other person, you know, that you're talking to gets it. And I mean, you're, you're the director of sales over there. And so you're obviously having those conversations day in and day out. Right. Um, But, but it is like, you know, when you can say something and you watch them, if you can physically uh, see their eyes and you see that just the the glimmer in the eye and it's like, ah, that was something that resonated. Yeah. I'm going to use that again. Yes. And sometimes like, people actually say to me, like, oh, wow, I'm sold. Like, what is better than that? Like, not because of the exchange of money for product. Yeah. It is the exchange of information 
for enlightenment. Like that's really the the like yes, like you're getting it. Like we're we're not just out here talking. Like we're at some. This is not falling on deaf ears. Like people are actually what's going on in here, and they're yeah. they're getting it. Like oh, this is what you're trying to say. Yes, this is what we're trying to say. Yeah. So it sounds like you do a lot of education as part of your sales process. Then is that is that correct? It has to be. Yeah. People don't always recognize what these products are when you walk up to the table. Yeah. So I have a cousin. He 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 does vending. Also, he's out. You know, do, and he's trying to find his home as well. And he sells cigars. No one questions what he has when they walk yeah. up to it. Yeah, they understand. If there is a, a way that I'm envious of him, it's that. You know, it's like there's no there's no real having to educate. It's just sales. You know, do you yeah. want this? Do you want this? Really a little education. There is. You yeah. know, because there's different levels and, and and flavors of cigars. But other than that, for people who like cigars, can look at that booth from across the room and say, "Hey, I want to be a part of that." Yeah. people generally come by ours and they're sort of like oh what's that you know what i mean <laughs> and yeah. like, tell me about what you got going on so we had to do this spiel for a couple minutes and it's good but it's really helped us being able to do that like it, it helps the the whole messaging thing it's almost like being an actor where you yeah. just say a line enough times where i get it now yeah so so now what if an angel investor were to you know come by and drop let's just say a million dollars in your lap and said, okay, yeah, now take this million dollars and fuel your company. What would you be doing to maximize your growth with that million dollars? What's the first thing or two that you'd be doing? Half of it would go into some sort of bank or something for a rainy day. The other half I would, I would have um, some strategically placed retail locations, but focus a lot on, um, on this wholesale that we're producing right now. So we're working on that, um, trying to find like, uh, we're working on finding the kitchen space, which is getting harder to find. So um, finding our own place, maybe someplace where we can produce and sell out of the same building. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about inspiration as well. You know, like when it comes to to entrepreneurs, they find inspiration in so many different ways. And and like you were talking about earlier around, you know, just that we endure a lot as entrepreneurs. And so you have to continually, uh, you know, go back to a place where you can be inspired. What inspires you as an entrepreneur? Why do you say it that way? Go back to a place because you do kind of get to a lot of stopping points where you're just like, I just don't, know if all this is worth it sometimes and then you yeah. talk to yourself and you keep going um the inspiration i've always wanted to be an entrepreneur i've always looked at even on like tv like you look at these people george jefferson was like my hero when i was a kid because like you were this this guy who was some of these really you know the places where no one makes it and then you make it you know you're just like and i'm living in this high rise and it was like just the story of it. I didn't even need yep. to watch the show, but the story of it was like moving on up. Like, yes, it yeah. wasn't Beverly Hillbillies. Like, you just fell on some oil, you know. Yeah, I mean? like, yeah. You actually worked your way there, and and it was always like, yes, it was. I want, I want to be able to tell my story one day, not because I want the glorification, but I want there to be a story to tell. Yeah, and I want to not be here because someone saw something in me and was like. I'm going to open this door for you. You know what I mean? And, and your life is going to be different now because of me. That generally happens somewhere along. There are, there are people who, who, who impact our career in that way. Yeah. But 
not like me opting into your job and then growing into that. Like I need to be pushing my own vision, not someone else's vision. And that's really it. And I have a family. Uh, I look at these people every day. My wife is probably, I mean, for you asking me that most, most times, like the first thing out of my mouth is her. Like she's the inspiration. Like it's, it's her and trying to, I didn't do this till a little bit later in life. Like I started this in my twenties. Like I started this in my forties, you know? So yeah, we we're, this is all about like retirement and what the rest of our lives are going to look like after that. You know, I need to prepare something for you because, Hey, they're not really making jobs for 50 year old people. And I I don't really think that this is the world that our, our parents and grandparents grew up in where it's about getting a job and hanging out there or figuring something, working for someone for 30 years. And then you get a retirement party and a watch and all this stuff. Like, no, I, I think that if I'm going to be living decent in 10 years, I'm going to have to figure that out. And whatever's flowing into my bank account will have to be from my own effort. So yeah. that's really the inspiration. Yeah. So it's so kind of continuing on with what some of the things that you're talking about there, what would be success to you? Like, how do you define success as an entrepreneur? Um, one, when I'm wearing less hats, that's, that's a definitely step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two, when I feel like there's enough sales being made and cash flow coming in where, Hey, yes, I can pay my bills and have a little extra. Everyone here is getting paid. I'm not stressed about how I'm paying any sort of employees. And at that point I can just step back and focus on growing the business and not necessarily and bolts, you know, uh, you know, I'm not necessarily, you know, cracking and scrambling eggs here. Like I'm just trying to promote and, and, and create opportunity for other yeah. people. When I'm just rainmaking, I will know that this is going in the right direction. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. amazing. Right. Like, uh, it, it's so interesting the, the journeys that we're on, um, and how we define things differently in that, in terms of what success might look like. But I'm with you on that. Like, it's just for me, success is when things are running smoothly, right? That I can, yeah. that I can, uh, like, I, I didn't, you know, everybody wants to be making money, but I don't have this, this dream, um, uh, to be the next, uh, you know, Elon Musk or, or Jeff Bezos or whatever. Uh, my my dream is that I have time freedom. I mean, that's what I want. And so to build a system, a business that's going to generate wealth um, that I don't have to necessarily be in the day to day all the day, like every day. Right. And and that's where you need that scale, like you're talking about. You know, hiring more yes. people. You're not wearing those hats, so you can focus on other aspects of either the business or your life. Because it's a, it's it, and I always say this going in. It's about lifestyle. It's not about the money per se. The yeah. money does c- contribute, or 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 the money does enhance, contribute, push. You know, uh, yeah. born from you know the, the lifestyle is born from the money in a sense. You know, but it's really about having the options to do the things that you want to do. If yeah. you wanted to plan a trip to I don't know south of France in six months, like you shouldn't have to go and ask your boss if you can leave in six months. Like it's your life. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, if you could write yourself a letter and send that back to, you know, the Derek who started this business in 2018, what would be in that letter then when you start to do this reflection that stay focused, young man. Yeah. Stay focused. Yeah. Yes. Isn't Sometimes every, every shine. There are sometimes things are just shiny things. And shiny things are really just, 
it like sometimes they're ideas, sometimes they're like opportunities, sometimes it's crypto, sometimes like all these things and all these things are not necessarily meant to be pursued. Not all good ideas, not even great ideas are meant to be pursued. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to stick to what you're doing and understand that it may not be your time yet, but if you understand that you have a good product or a good service and you truly believe it and you understand, you really believe and understand that I'm not going to be the only one that believes it, but sooner or later, the public's going to believe. Yeah. It's hard to stay in that mindset when you're not, when you don't feel like you're making the income or making the sales or having the connection with people that you believe that you should. But it's, I I have to, I'm not, there's no way I could be an actor, right? But I have to always think about what an actor goes through. Yeah, It's constant. Your whole career is based on someone else's opinion of you, really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everything you do, it's like the director's opinion of you, the producer's opinion of you, the, the casting director's opinion of you, the press's opinion of you, the, the, you know, the public's opinion of you. And putting yourself out there to be judged and criticized, it, it's not really just for actors. Like it's, ha- it's almost like you have to have this belief that, yeah, today everyone thinks I suck, but like, I know I'm getting better. I know I'm skilled. Mm. I know I can compete with, you know, or hang or, or work in a team with these people or these top actors. And until you get the opportunity to do that, you're still going to be looked at as just some other name. You know, you're just, yeah, you, you, who cares who you are, right? Yeah. But sooner yeah. or later, someone's going to recognize it. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting that you bring that up because uh, so focus has been something that I've been not really gifted with, at least not in this stage in my life. I think at different stages in my life, I've been much more focused on what I have been um, in this business. And it's because, you know, uh, I deal in marketing. And so there's just so many things that you have to know and understand and so many different things that are happening, you know, whether it's social media or other tactics and and how technology is playing a role in it. And so I get distracted quite easily. Um, so I totally agree with you that focus is so critical, but staying the course, uh, which is kind of what you were saying there, where uh, I, I think that's a really important thing. And I was having a conversation with my son, actually, just this week uh, or maybe it was last week or on the weekend. And we were just talking about my career um, and, you know, my trajectory and what I was doing, you know, at a younger age, out of university. And, you know, just going to walk through all the different jobs that I'd had and so on. And I'd switched industries very, uh, very much like reinvented myself in kind of three different stages of my life. And it was interesting because as I was reflecting on that, it's had I just stayed in one lane, so to speak, one industry, um, and really just stayed committed to that and wasn't distracted, stayed that course. I mean, my role within it could change. I could could have started a business in that particular industry, uh, but I switched completely outside of that. Um, would I've been more successful or not? That was the question that my son was uh, was asking me, right? And uh, and it was an interesting conversation because it did get me reflecting on that. And so I think that's one thing that entrepreneurs are gifted with in the sense that we can pivot and we accept change. We can yeah. take on risk and so on way better than I think the general population can. No doubt. But at the same time, it can be that curse. And so, um, yeah, so if uh, if I were to go back in time myself, I think I would have said, said, you know, stay with, find an industry that you enjoy um, and then find your opportunities within that because 
what was happening for me is when I would make those big shifts, I lost my network kind of as I was going in the shifting because I had to rebuild, um, right. you know, that center of influence that I had from the, the, the industry that I was in before. And it says something like, like you said, you're willing to do that. You're willing to start over. You're willing to take that chance. Like I was, I could just scrap the, the slate clean, you know, and just start over, you know, it, it, it's almost like a stop me if you can kind of attitude, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. They're very interesting. Well, thank you so much, Derek, for sharing uh, you. your story with us and, and your thoughts. And if somebody wanted to learn more about Cherry Blossom Hemp and what you guys are doing over there, what's the best way for them to do so? Uh, you go on our website, www.cherryblossomhemp.com. Uh, we are all on social media. We do a lot of, of educational videos. So the education does just happen at the booth. So we try to yeah. extend the education to uh, uh, YouTube, Facebook. Um, not, I'm not as much into Instagram and TikTok, but we're better about that. I think we're more received on like LinkedIn and uh, YouTube, definitely. Yeah. So we got a lot of videos. You got questions about hemp or live resin. Uh, usually we've probably done a topic on it. So yeah. check us out info at Cherry If you have questions, you can reach us at blossomcbd.com. Uh, we may not answer you in five minutes, but we'll definitely get back to you. Awesome. Sounds great. And uh, just for the audience, they don't realize this, but we're recording this on the Wednesday before American Thanksgiving. And so yes. I have a wonderful Thanksgiving down there, Derek. You too. I uh, hope that you guys have a big family to pull together and friends and you can, uh, you know, yeah. just share that thankfulness that uh, is so important to reflect on at this time of year. Nice thing. You guys celebrate up there in Canada? Or? We do. Yeah. Our Thanksgiving is in October, though, actually. So we're about really? a month earlier for some reason. Yeah. I don't know okay. why they do that. But uh, yeah, but we still get all the benefits of the Black Friday and, and Cyber Monday okay. craziness that go. happens at your time of the year. So that's our celebration of your Thanksgiving. You guys just don't want to be like us. That's all. You're like, you got different. <laughs> Yeah, we, we got to be different. We got to be different. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, thank you so much. And for those of you who are listening, if you enjoyed this episode, check out the archives over at amplifyyourbusiness.ca. And if you're watching this and would prefer to be listening to it, we are available on all your major podcasting platforms. So uh, head over to your favorite one and search Amplify Your Business. And you're going to find us there. Until next time, everybody have a prosperous day and happy Thanksgiving, Derek. Thanksgiving. Thank you, man. Thank you, Lance.